a wonderful night. It's a wonderful night that we can come and thank God for his son, Jesus Christ. And on Christmas Eve, when not only this church, but churches throughout the world are packed to capacity, we pause to think of the gifts God gave to us at Christmas. For he gave to us not only his son, but what his son came to do. He gives us and gave to us the priceless gift of life, life eternal. God is the one that creates each one of us. He gives to us physical form, and he announces a day for our birth. And we come into this life's existence, and on the day we are born, we begin to die. And sooner or later, this physical body will die. God breathes into our nostrils the breath of life. But it's through his Son, Jesus Christ, that he gives unto us spiritual life. There is within each one of us a self-destructive mechanism. That self-destructive mechanism is recognized by various symptoms and signs. Selfishness, self-centeredness. Thinking we have all the answers to all the problems. Wanting to do our own thing, regardless of who gets hurt. Trying to be God. These are sophisticated ways of calling what the Bible labels as sin. And we know that the wages of sin is death. And this self-destructive mechanism within us will kill us, if not physically, at least spiritually. Now, God knew this, and God had to do something if we were ever going to find out a meaning for this everyday existence we go through. God wanted us to be happy and well and fulfilled. So God sent his son, Jesus Christ, to tell us not only how to live here in this world, but to give us the message of life eternal. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever whosoever would believe on him, that person would not perish, but have everlasting life. God sent not his Son into the world to condemn the world. No, no, no. But God sent his Son into the world to save the world and to teach the world how to live. And you'll know when this little baby of Bethlehem grew up to be the messenger and the Messiah. He said, I have come. 
I have come that ye might have life and have it more abundantly. I am the way, the truth, the life. Nobody can find the Father except by me. And it's our belief that this Jesus, who was born in a manger in Bethlehem, who walked the Palestinian roads, who preached from the mountaintops and the bows of the ships, this Jesus, who was crucified at Calvary and was resurrected on Easter morn, this Jesus, who ascended at the fortieth day after Easter and now sitteth on the right hand of God the Father Almighty, he, somehow, through his life, his death, his resurrection and ascension, give unto us the assurance that what he says is right about life. And we have the assurance that in Jesus we live eternally. That's a great hope, you know, we have. Because none of us are entirely sure what's over there on the other side. We believe. Because Jesus came and gave us the words of life. How does the Bible put it? He who has the Son has life. And he who hath not the Son hath not life. Without Jesus Christ, you see, without Jesus Christ, we can never find the purpose of life, either here or life beyond. But tonight some of your tears are very warm, and your hearts, though aching, are at peace. Because tonight you sit in this sanctuary without someone whom you sat with last year, or the year before, or the year before that. No, since that time we've gathered on a hillside beside an open grave and you heard a pastor or your pastor say with all the conviction that is within us the words of Jesus, I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me, though dead, shall have life and that life shall be forever. And tonight on this Christmas Eve, because Jesus was God's gift of life to this world, you and I can know that our loved ones who are in Jesus are in the house of many mansions. And there's a room there for us who are in Christ. And someday we'll be together in life eternal. But God also in that first Christmas gave us love perfected. We English-speaking people, we have a difficult time in trying to distinguish between our different emphasis of love. The Greek has not that problem. The Greek has four words where we have one. They have one word for love that is eros. And eros is that strong, passionate, sexual love 
between a man and a maid. It's beautiful in the confines of things of the spirit. And one knows in the Greek language what you are talking about when you speak of eros, love. There is strophe love. Strophe love is a different type of love. It's, it's the type of a love that a, a daughter has for a father or a son for a mother or, or a community has for its leader or a nation has for its tradition. Filio. Filio love is brotherly love. We get our English word Philadelphia, the city of brotherly love, from this word filio because it expresses a love that you have for someone other than husband and wife and which is of a brotherly or sisterly affection. And then because of Christmas, a new type of love was born, agape love. Agape love, that's a kind of a love that is completely different from the other three. It's a type of love that does not emanate from the heart, it emanates in the mind. It is not a type of love that comes naturally from the feelings, but rather it is a love that comes from the will. That's the type of love that God gave, agape love when he gave his son to the world. And that kind of love is the kind of love that Jesus does not ask us, but commands us to express. This is my new commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you. And no greater love can a man have than agape love which allows him to lay down his own life for his friends. That's the type of love that Jesus had when he went to the cross. Jesus did not want to die, ladies and gentlemen. Jesus was very much an alive 33-year-old man. He had a great future. He knew what it was to love and be loved. He did not want to die. But with agape love, love which came not by nature, but love that came from the will, he voluntarily called upon that cross and laid down his life for you and for me. And the command of our Jesus is that this is the way we are to love one another. This is the way we love the unlovable. This is the way we love the unlovely. And when you practice agape love, all fear disappears. You can love a husband, a wife, your mate with agape love and never have to fear that you will be betrayed. When you love with agape love, you never have to worry about your neighbor abusing you or taking advantage of you. When you love your enemy with agape love, you never have to worry about your, your enemy destroying you. And when you love God with agape love, loving him with all of your heart, soul, mind, and strength, which is the first commandment, you never have to fear that he will demand more of you than what you can give. 
Herein is love, not that we love God, but that God first loved us and sent his Son to be the propitiation of our sins. We love agape style because God first loved us. And he proved that love perfect when he put a little baby down in a manger in Bethlehem who grew up and died upon Calvary's cross. But that's not the only other gift that God gave to us at Christmas. He gave to us the gift of light shining. You see, Jesus just did not come down to tell us about life eternal or love perfected. He came down to show us how to live life eternally and how to love perfectly. Jesus came down and shed light upon our pathway so that we could be like Jesus and shine forth with the light of love and of life. You remember God when he created the heavens and the earth, he said, I will create light. And God created the light and saw that it was good. And we had the first day. God continued to shine light, not only in a physical form, but in a spiritual form upon his creatures. Remember Moses? He had the pillar of cloud by night and the light of the cloud by day. The psalmist said that the word, the word of God is to be a, a lamp unto my path and a light unto my feet. When Jesus came to this earth, John tells us that it was the word, the word made flesh that dwelt amongst us. And the word was God. And Jesus, when he grew up, he said, I am the light of the world. I am come a light into the world that whosoever believeth in me should not dwell in darkness. I am the light of the world and he that followeth after me shall have the light of life. And Jesus, through his teachings, through his commandments, through his life and through his love, has given unto you and to me light for our paths today. And by the power of his Holy Spirit, God is leading us still into new and greater things, but he gives us just a little light at a time. Jesus said, while you have the light, follow the light, lest darkness overcome you, for he that walketh in darkness knoweth not whither he goeth. While you have the light, Believe in that light, and you shall become children of light. And thank God, we have the priceless gift by the power of his Holy Spirit. To see his light in the world today, and to be his light in the world today. Because you see, in a few minutes you're going to take a candle. And as you look into the flame, concentrating on the significance of this holy night and realizing that you have been given life, you have been given love, 
May you also remember that you are light. For that Jesus who said, I am the light of the world, said also, you are the light of the world. And just as a city cannot sit on a hill without being and be hid, neither do men light a candle and put it under a bushel, but on a candlestick, and it giveth light to all that are in the house. So his command to you and to me this night is to let our light so shine before people that they may see our good works and glorify our Father, which is in heaven. Please now take your candles. As always, we ask, please, that you exercise great care and caution. In a few moments, the elders or your neighbor will be passing to you the light of the world. Whenever someone is passing it, please, the candle is to be held in an upright position. When you take the light, tilt your candle and receive it from the upright flame. Following the singing of Silent Night, I ask please it will then be after midnight and we will be in Christmas morn for you to sit for a few moments and look into that light, realizing the gifts that have been given unto you and realizing who you are in this dark world. And then following, during the postlude, kindly extinguish your light. If you want to take your candle home, feel free to do so. But please hold the candles in an upright position for a while so that the wax can harden. And then, if you choose, deposit these in the baskets at the exit. We are truly a blessed people. And at the first service I shared with that congregation what I share with you now. This is a great night in my life. For those of you who have been a part of some or all of the 18 candlelight services that we've had in this church, you know that this service was not original with me. I borrowed this service from one that I grew up with and was taught by my father. The whole layout, with the exception of the specific hymns and musical anthems, are different each year, but the beginning and the close and the poem which is recited is one that my father taught me when he began candlelight services many, many years ago. Reverend Dr. Joseph S. Morledge, if he had lived, would have celebrated his 50th year in ministry this year. And in the name of this man who gave me so much and who taught me the gifts of Christmas, I recite this poem which he recited for so many years in the lighting of the candle in this candlelight service. He did it many years here. He taught me the poem and I give it to you now. In grateful thanksgiving unto God for my earthly father and my heavenly father.
who loves us both and all of you and calls us to life, to perfect love, and to be the light of the world. So now at this exact hour of midnight, Lord, it is dark and the way is long to go. We left an unlit candle in the night. Behold it, Lord, within our upraised hands, and touch it to fire with thine own heavenly light. This slender waxen thing which is my faith, fire it, Lord, with some divine white spark until its circle widening at my feet shall mark my certain path across the dark. Thou wilt light my candle thus assured, I shall go forward throughout this unknown land. The way shall never grow too dark too long, for I shall bear thy light within my hand. And God said, Let there be light. And there was light. And God saw the light that it was good. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. God is light, and in him there is no darkness. The light shineth in the darkness and the darkness has not overcome it. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. In him was life, and that life was the light of men. Jesus said, I am come a light into the world. He that believeth on me shall not dwell in darkness. I am the light of the world. He that followeth me shall not walk in darkness, but shall have the light of light. You are the light of the world. Just as a city cannot sit on a hill and be hid, neither do men light a candle and put it under a bushel, but on a candlestick, and it giveth light unto all that are in the house. A little while is the light with you. While ye have the light, Follow the light, lest darkness overcome you. For he that walketh in darkness knoweth not whither he goeth. While you have that light, believe in that light, and you shall become children of light. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father who is in heaven. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish no, no, but have everlasting life. For God sent not his Son into the world to condemn the world. No, no, but that the world through him might be saved. And God said, Let there be light. And there was light. And God saw the light that it was good. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. 
of whom shall I be afraid? Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. In the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God, and it was good. Jesus said, I am come a light into the world. He that believeth on me shall not dwell in darkness. I am the light of the world. And he that followeth after me shall not walk in darkness, but have the light of light. You are the light of the world. Just as a city cannot sit on a hill and be hid, neither do men light a candle and put it under a bushel, but on a candlestick, and it giveth light unto all that are in the house. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father who is in heaven. Thanks be to God who give us, us the victory of life, of love perfected, and to be the light of his world.
now may the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love, the life, and the light of God that was given to us on that first Christmas be yours and to all whom you love this Christmas day. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen.